Welcome to The Creative Switch, the podcast inspiring the sensibly successful to switch on their unexpressed creativity for a more fulfilled life. Creativity is a valuable skill that can help you in many aspects of life, but it can also be challenging to cultivate and maintain. You may feel stuck or uninspired, and you can't seem to generate any new or original ideas. You may be afraid to try new things or share your work with others because you worry about being rejected or criticised or embarrassed. Weirdly, you may even lose interest or enthusiasm for your creative work and you find it hard to start or finish your projects. I know because I face some of these issues too. Today's guest, Helena Holrick, has some great tips to help you get unstuck or reframe your fear of making mistakes, and keep your creative passion burning. And if you're looking to turn your creative inspiration into action, don't forget to listen right to the end of the episode and catch up with my creative adventures. I share the challenges I encounter and how acting on the nuggets I've learned from my guests and applying those learnings is helping me to move forward in my own creative projects. If you're just starting to share your work, and are feeling vulnerable, this one from my very first guest, TV chef and best-selling author, Theo Michaels, is definitely for you. Just before we get to all of that, let me remind you to head to my website, nikkivalance.com, and sign up to join the Creative Switch community and get involved in the creative conversation. You can connect with like-minded creatives, find a safe space to share your challenges, support each other, and who knows, maybe even collaborate to create something new. First, though, it's time for some creative news in The Edge. There are many how-to lists available at this time of year, and I spotted a Guardian article offering advice to artists on how to be more creative. There are lots of practical, maybe even obvious ideas which you may already be using, some of which we also cover in this episode. The 20 tips are shared by several different artists giving their take on ways to expand the mind to access greater creativity. One which caught my eye is use your mistakes to your advantage. Alberta Whittle, a Barbadian Scottish artist, is quoted as saying, so much time is wasted worrying about making something that is perfect. Perfection is overrated and the mistakes are often far more interesting. And East London-based Babek Ganji says, your mistakes could be positive in a different form. I think this tip probably appealed most because it's all about mindset and reframing your perspective, one of my favourite tools when I'm figuring out a way around a problem. And it's something we discuss in today's conversation. The article is a quick and easy read, and well worth a look. The link, as ever, will be in the show notes. What do you think? Have you turned a mistake into a positive? Do share your ideas on this with me, either in the Creative Switch community or on Instagram at Nikki underscore Valance. And listen on to my discussion on connecting the dots of your creativity with my guest, personal progress master coach and chief cheerleader at Helping You Shine, Helena Holrick.
Hi, Helena. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you. It is so nice to be here. I think you're perfect for my audience. They're going to be able to learn so much about how to explore their creativity and what they can do with it through your knowledge and experience. So I would like you to tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right, then. And yeah, I'll do my best to live up to that and see what <laughs> how many nuggets I can kind of drop along the ways, little golden bombs of joy. So my name is Helena, Helena Holrick. My creativity hat really comes in under the Helping You Shine brand. That's the place where I really support creative people or creative wannabes <laughs> to, to really find, own and share your brilliance, to really harness whatever the muse is and help people find the clarity, certainty and confidence to really take those ideas and see them as valid and then actively think about how do I want that to show up in my life? How do I want to use that, share that and, and just make it make me have fun. Because actually, the creative process is such a fun process. And my firm belief is that all of us are creative, we just need to either remember or relabel what we're doing and recognize just how creative we are. I'm not traditionally creative at all, but I'm really creative. Yeah, I get that. And I'd love it if you could expand a little bit on what creativity means to you, that word, both in terms of what the meaning is, but also how it manifests in your life? Sure. I think the beauty of asking that question is that you're going to get a million different answers if you Absolutely. ask a million people. Because creativity is unique. Creativity is the urge that we have to make something manifest. It's taking the connection you make whether you are connecting ideas, which is my brand of creativity, or whether you are inspired or mused, and I don't, I'm not saying amused, literally mused into seeing, I don't know, a, a piece of wood in a landscape and just going, do you know what, I really want to paint that, or I really want to create a dance out of that because it just looks so graceful. I suppose for me, creativity is being open to the inspiration that shows up in you. And I say it's unique because every single one of us grew up differently. We grew up with different values. We grew up with different knowledge, different skill sets. We did different things. Some of us were sporty. Some of us were nerdy. So that, that would be me. Some of us were just, you know, really friendly. And all of that shows up in the way that in our creativity, we are harnessing all of those influences and making something out of it. I suppose for me, creativity is the making of something that wasn't there before. And so for me, that's the broadest sense of it. My desire would be for everyone to think about it in the broadest sense, because I hear so often, I'm not creative. And yet, every single one of us is creative, whether it is the meal planning that actually I've never done meal planning in my life, but my boyfriend is hugely creative with everything in the cupboards. He will literally get things out on a Sunday and go, right, what have we got? And then make up the most amazing meal planner out of what we have and make a proper shopping list that then allows us to really have the most exquisite things just on the back of what he's seen is possible. So for me, creativity is really seeing what is 
and then turning it into something possible. And that shows up in so many ways for so many people. Definitely. We all have a unique outlook on the world, but yours is something you apply to everything you you do, it sounds like. In all the people you've supported, what are the common things that hold people back? Wow. Okay. So (laughs) belief systems are pesky. They can work for you or they can work against you. And what I mean by that is the things we tell ourselves often enough become the things we believe about the world. The things we believe about the world color the way in which we show up in the world and the way we interact in the world. So if I have a belief system that actually says, I'm absolutely brilliant at connecting ideas. I'm going to start looking for where and when and how and who with to connect ideas. That probably means that I will start pursuing learning. I will start pursuing teaching in some way. And I'll start to share in the world of ideas. If I had the opposite belief and go, you know, and thinking, I'm not creative, I, I don't know how to, how things fit together, that as a thought, if I repeat it often enough, it becomes a belief, it becomes something I believe to be true of my identity. It's not, it's just a thought that you've had many, many, many times over that you've started putting more faith into. And so we put faith into a set of thoughts that then shape the way in which we show up. So I know many people can really take the mickey out of affirmations or don't even know what affirmations are, but an affirmation is something that is repeated often about who you're being. And we then start to believe that. And so beliefs can be insidious and horrible, or they can be absolutely magnificent and life raising in some way. So yeah, for me, it's all around the beliefs and undoing the beliefs. Here's the thing. You can't just undo a belief. You have to actually put a new belief in there. And the new belief is going to feel a little bit like putting a different piece of clothing on that you never usually wear. So if you're not one to wear velvet jackets, I'm just going extreme. And actually, you put on a velvet jacket, it's going to feel really uncomfortable. You're going to feel like you're sticking out like a sore thumb, even though you're not, you're probably looking dashing and amazing. um, And people want to talk to you because you look dashing and amazing. But because you're not used to that that response to you, you then actually shrink back into the old belief or into wearing your normal cardigan or whatever it is that you're wearing. And there's a challenge when you are eradicating a belief. So if you've discovered, or even as you're thinking right now, you know, my invitation is for you to just think about what are the things you tell yourself over and over and over again, they are probably beliefs that really don't serve you terribly well around your creativity. Oh, everybody else can do it. But because they're doing it, you know, how am I even going to start? That's one of the ones I come up against a lot, right? And so what's a good counteracting velvet jacket belief that allows you to actually start or get going? It's a, huh, I'm just going to have fun figuring out how my creativity actually works. That's a good thought to replace a I don't know if I'm creative at all or other people are creative around me and so they don't need my creativity. And we can yeah. be really suspicious in the in the negative belief and we can actually then be really hopeful. Mm, is that true? Some people are really hopeful and sometimes overly hopeful and overstretching because we actually also, we're impatient as humans and we want to go from like here to yeah. here yeah. immediately. And it, actually it's all done tiny steps by tiny steps, right? So if you are going to work with this concept of 
changing or shifting your beliefs, by all means, go to the end result belief that you want, which is I'm creative and using it every day. But know that you might have to have three or four interim beliefs that actually are, I'm just going to explore how I'm creative and use that one every single day. Imagine waking up and just going, I wonder how I'm going to be creative today. That's my offer for you. So that's golden nugget number one, I think. Yeah, I think you're right there. I learned something when I was doing my coaching training, which I'm sure you've come across as well. And I absolutely love this. And that is when you're setting a goal to do something you've not done before, you don't Mm. know that you don't know how to do it. So (laughs) you have you're unconsciously incompetent. For sure. So you want to learn to drive. You've seen other people drive. You'd love to do it. Then you start to learn and you quickly realize that you don't know how to do it. So you become Mm -hmm. consciously incompetent. You then move into a phase where you do know how to do it, but you're having to think about it. And then you're consciously competent. So that's the bit just before your driving test where you're thinking, I must remember to do this as well as that. The final stage is when you do it without having to put the energy into thinking about it, so it becomes automatic. So that is the unconscious competence. And so I think if you are learning something new, it helps to remember that you won't know how to do it straight away. That's the impatience you were talking about because if you then encounter a bit of discomfort because it's not working the way you want it to you go well that's good because I must be moving forward here because I should expect not to be able to do it straight away yeah for sure it's one of the most amazing models if you can imagine them as steps that's a really really good way to think about what Nikki's just said and I've got three things to say number one Many of us, when we're taking on that new thing, we will jump from conscious incompetence where we're seeing the thing being done by somebody who is magnificent at it, by somebody who's actually been doing it for a long time, who is at that unconsciously competent stage up at the top. And what happens is, is you do comparisonitis and then you actually stop yourself from doing it. So my cool trick for that is to actively go and research the person you're comparing yourself to. How long have they been doing it? When did they start? What were they doing? What did they do? Because that's going to give you more of a journey that's going to allow you to do it. My second version of it is to actually take a class. Weirdly, when you take a class, you're suddenly surrounded by 16 other people who are also fumbling around and like being messy with it and everything else. And you go, oh, This is all right to be messy. So it gives you permission to be messy and in your process of learning, because whether it's 10,000 hours or whether it's 5,000 or whatever it is to get really competent at the thing that you're doing to get to the level of expertise, you literally can't do that overnight. So that allows you surround yourself with people who are learning at the same level as you with an eye on the people who are actually doing it brilliantly so that you have an idea of what's possible to get to. The final bit I'm going to say is this, and this is probably why I am as good at as many things as I am. I don't mean that to sound arrogant. I really don't. I'm just somebody who has taught themselves. And again, through belief systems, I'm a really good learner. And I taught myself that. I said to myself over and over, I'm a really good learner. I'm a really fast learner. When I was learning to drive, just using this analogy all the way, I was sat in the car, terrified, as you do with any new venture, terrified, white knuckles, but actually going, I'm a safe and comfortable driver. I'm a safe and comfortable driver. That was literally the soundtrack that I had that was drowning out any of the other stuff. I'm a safe and comfortable driver. And even to this day, 
the first time I drove on black ice, which was two years after I'd learned to drive, I was, I'm a safe and comfortable driver. And that just pulled me straight back in to what was going on. So having a little go-to phrase or saying, again, with those beliefs, it is a really, really good thing. What I was really going to say was this. There's a fifth level of the levels. There's actually reflective competence as well. And so reflective competence is actually where I come from. So the reason I get really good at what I do, and, and I think is the reason that my creativity kind of shows up in the way that it does. My creativity is I help people see the wood for the trees. When they have confusion, when they have lack of clarity, I'm the person that comes along and just joins the dots. I clear things away and then I join the dots and people go, oh, that makes sense now, right? But the reason I can do that, I think, is because I really started using reflective competence, which is learning it to the level that I don't need to use it. So I'm a master trainer of various things that I'm never going to train, but I did it to the reflective competence where I learned it to the stage where I was unconsciously competent so I can do it with my eyes closed unless it's driving. And then I took it one step further, which is to really think about and how does that serve the world and how can I teach the world? So there's a there's a wider context of it. Now, I'm not inviting you all to go to that level, but if you really want to master your expertise or your creativity, it pays to actually go, huh, and how am I learning that? And what am I actually doing that allows that to happen? Because that makes you a faster learner. And that also gives you permission to make mistakes, which back to the level where you're doing comparisonitis is really, really good. We learn by making mistakes. Nine times out of 10, something brilliant comes out of a mistake that you made. You mix two colors that you thought would never actually go together. And then suddenly, you're, oh, that's perfect. Excellent. More nuggets for everybody. Okay, so a lot of the people who are listening are potentially thinking about not just switching on their creativity. Maybe they've done that. Maybe they've done some courses. Maybe they're pursuing a skill that they want to enhance mm -hmm. and they would like it to be play a bigger part in their lives. Mm -hmm. So they're either wanting to have something that balances out other bits that are going on in their lives or they might even want to turn it into a side hustle, or even a full-blown business and ditch the thing they were doing before. Fantastic. So before anyone does that, what would you say the foundational steps are that they need before they make any kind of big switches? Wow. So big question and really great question because most of us leap in Either because we're 100% like fed up with where we are and it's just like, right, I'm doing it. And then we get disappointed because we get stopped along the way because we're doing that thing where we go, I'm just going to go from here to here. You know, you don't actually have to do the step. Um, so I would say a couple of things. One, take a class or sit and give yourself, I don't know, a month of doing the thing. Set yourself up, go, okay, what would it be like if I acted as if, if this was my side hustle and I set aside six hours a week to do my painting, dancing, uh, writing, creating, connecting the dots for people, whatever it is your thing is. What if you tried it on for a month? Honestly, a month, it'll feel like a lifetime because it's like you've suddenly got the courage and you've made the decision and you want to actually do it. And I'm halting you in your tracks and actually saying, can you try it for a month? 
The reason I'm saying that is because when we try something out, we start to learn what we like about it and what we don't like about it. And it's really vital for us to understand that it's never as romantic as we think it's going to be. And it has all sorts of drudgery bits in between. And there's the frustration of not being able to do it. Oh my gosh, I went to somebody's house the other day. You might even learn that you don't have the equipment for it. Not true in the case of this person who had put in their hours. So this is how their creativity manifests. He works with spreadsheets the whole day. He's a top-notch director in a company. But what does he actually do? What's his brand of creativity? He has remodeled the whole of his house. And when I say that, I mean he has learned DIY to the nth degree where he could be a builder isn't choosing it, but loves to modify the house that he's living in and making it a beautiful space. That's his brand. I walked into his workshop. I'm a big fan of DIY. I do like a, a good workshop, woodworking in particular. So the love of spreadsheets, I'm making this connection, really meant that I walked into the most pristine workshop I have ever been into. Everything had a place. Everything was just, it was, it, it was all there. There was so much beautiful equipment in there that I could see how he'd created the most beautiful house in the world because he had the environment that he wanted. We did have a conversation about it and that space was born out of, they've literally reallocated a whole bedroom that now is this workshop because that was required for the level of work that he wanted to work at. It took two years, but... When it first began, it wasn't the right environment or space and he was tripping over things all over the place and he started to envision, okay, what do I actually want it to be and how do I want it to be? This is a really important one. What am I going to do with my frustration at it not being like this and at me not having the equipment that I want because, you know, I can't buy everything overnight because it's quite a chunk of cash, right? So I'm inviting you in that process to be a little bit like him. Hold the vision, but also hold how you're going to deal with the frustration of how you are going to start this out. So try it for a month, see what the needs are, see what shows up and put like a flip chart page or an A4 page somewhere that just goes, oh, I, I need pliers or I need blah, blah, blahs in order to do this or, huh, I don't even know how to do this. So I need a person to show me, etc. Does that help? Yeah, perfect. So it's resisting that urge, as you mentioned earlier on, to try and skip the steps in between. Yeah, you, you're just going to do yourself a disservice if you skip the steps. And, and by the way, the steps themselves can be beautifully creative because remember, creativity is also learning. Creativity is just connecting the dots. So you're actually being creative in the fumbling and in the frustration. You are learning what's not right, back to Edison and light bulbs. You know, you're learning how not to do something as much as how to do something that then allows your brand of creativity to come into the fore. So maybe there's something about harnessing the idea of I'm learning how to do this and that's the creative bit for me right now. I'm going to give myself one month, three months to just learn as much as I can about my craft and how it works with me to then actually decide, do I want to do it as a side hustle? Do I want to do it at all? Do I want to do it as something full time? And do I want to throw everything out right now and start? Or do I want to piecemeal it and learn from somebody? It's going to give you a lot of information and information is key when you are wanting to be creative. Creativity isn't just letting the muse drop in and then going, Ta -da! 
here is the most amazing thing in the world. It's hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Jay Shetty at all, the guy who wrote the book, Think Like a Monk? So I use a mindfulness app called Calm, and I've been doing it for nearly seven years in the morning, 10 minutes in the morning. But fairly recently, he joined the team and he does a seven minute, not so much meditation because the other parts of the app are that. He does a mindfulness teach, a little seven minute Mm. mindfulness teach every morning. And a couple of them recently, one of them was about that comparisonitis thing where he said look at the person who's an expert but like you said if you research them they weren't always that perfect and they're probably still not perfect and their process isn't perfect and they know now that when they wrote their book and it became a bestseller that may not have been the first manuscript or if it was the first manuscript it was probably the 10th or 11th or 20th version of the idea and that the early draft is always messy and so yes he was talking about that but I just think getting little bits of inspiration or little bits of sort of switching your brain into thinking like somebody else yeah can just help you to unlock those moments when you get stuck and think well how do I do this I've got no idea well why should you know you've never done it before (laughs) go find someone who has and learn from them so that's that's brilliant one of my guests on season one Palumi Debnath She's a handmade jewellery designer. Uh, She makes it sustainable. It's all from cloth and knotting techniques, roping techniques. Amazing. Um, Now I just want to learn that. Yes. Well, she deliberately chose not to run it as anything other than a side hustle because she loves her job. She said, well, why would I? I've done this job for 20 years. I love it. I'm on the top of my game. Why would I give that up? But I do also love this other thing. So I think there's something around like you say, exploring yeah. where this creativity needs to come out and whether it's just for you, because sometimes that's all you need yeah. it for. Is- and where it fits in your life. Yeah. Our contexts do influence the time, energy, resources, money and skills that we have. I talk about life on your terms, business on your terms. Creativity, a creative venture rather, really will take your time. It will take your energy or give you energy or both. Actually, it's always going to do both. You require resources for it as per, you know, sort of workshop and all of that. There's money involved. So where are you going to get that from? And do you want to make your money from it? Because trust me, running your business on your own, I will say it right now, it is hard work. It really is. And it's great work, don't get me wrong, and it's really fun work, but it can be hard and and there is a lot to learn. You might not want to sully, and I'm using air commas in that, the the experience of just creating and just enjoying knitting. My sister loves knitting and she makes the most amazing jumpers. She would never want to run it as a business, even as a side hustle, because it would take the joy away from her. So it's really important that you work with it. On your terms, the last one is skills. I never like to leave anybody hanging and I know I didn't say it. So time, energy, resources, money and skills are the thing that go into using your creativity in the way that you want. So you have to choose. And and by the way, you're allowed to change your mind, right? You could do it as a side hustle for two years and then go, I'm either done with it or you could go, and now I want to take it out in the world and I want to teach other people how to do it because it is so joyful and it is mindful and the world needs a little bit of this. And you might decide to do that. But 
that's the beauty of it. There's a lovely thing that you can do is through access consciousness. You don't need to know anything about it. Just accept this beautifulness. I can choose in this 10 seconds. And in the next 10 seconds, I can choose again. And I can choose again and choose again. And so you can choose it and choose it and choose it until you don't. And that's really powerful. So there's something about our creativity that I could choose my creativity and I could choose to observe how it comes out of me. And, And just even when I go for a walk in nature, how I am lifted and inspired. And all of us, by the way, have a connection to our creativity just through the feeling. So you know that you're feeling creative simply by the feeling. So when you are in expansiveness, when you are have the spaciousness to do some slightly different thinking, to have that aha moment that comes in, that's you being creative. And we need to just start to spot when we're being creative because being alive is being creative. It's Yeah, totally. Um, many of my guests have said exactly the same thing. It's very fundamental. And I think some of the definition, uh, the pure definition is exactly everything you've said. It's all about creating something new from what's gone before and in nowhere does it say producing art or music or crochet or and it doesn't mention any of the making part of how it comes Correct. out in some people but it is it's become synonymous with that and it's about defining your own as you say it's about finding what is creativity to you and recognizing that using it or not using it has an impact on you that's how I came to be an author, because I recognized there was something missing from my very successful life at that point. Mm. And I said, well, I don't know what it is. I'm just going to explore. And yeah. very quickly, it became obvious to me that what I wanted to do was write a book and then even more quickly be a published book. It took that process took me a long time. But the recognition of it was really quick. Once I opened my mind and said, let's just explore. What does this mean? Yeah, I really love that you've used the word explore. Explore is pretty much my favorite. Whenever I work with someone, whenever I'm coaching someone, whether it's in a group program or whether it's, you know, one-to-one, I will always give them explorations and experiments. We don't do homework. We do experiments. We do things that can go wrong because I love it when things go wrong because out of that, I really don't believe in wrongs because you just make the wrong, the right thing or you go, ah, good to know. These are three great words. By the way, when you're employing your your creativity, good to know is fantastic. Like when you're doing those explorations and you come up against a wall and you go, huh, I do that thinking when I try and pick up the guitar. Good to know. Now I can slow down the process enough to go, what would be a more useful thought or what would be a, a helpful hand to actually have here or huh, maybe I need to go and look at a YouTube thing about chords because I've chosen about the guitar, you know. So there are indicators the whole time that are up against something. But what if the whole of our existence is, is, is creative? You and I are literally creating out of nothing right now through having a conversation. We are literally creating potential inspiration. I won't laud and applaud us, but there is potential (laughs) inspiration here for someone who hears something for the first time or for the seventh time and finally gets that they could unlock something and just have a go. That's my hope that that it would happen. 
it may or may not happen. But the point is, is that when two people come together in a conversation or when you're listening to something or when you are in the car into your audio book or a podcast and things somewhere drops in where you go, oh, and the thing is, is that that's not new to you. You've been thinking about that thing in the background for a long while and somebody says it in the right way and you go, I get it. I know yeah. what to do now. That's creativity right there. Yeah, it is. It's the connections that are happening in in all the different experiences. You talked earlier on about we're different because of all the things that have happened to us and from, and from where we've come from. And the connections that happen between those different things yeah. in the brain. I guess what you're talking about is uh, inspiration is the spark that ju- that helps to join the dots uh, sure. in terms of ideas and, and also literally neural networks. So the newness yeah. is coming in that new connection where, you know, you'd never thought of two things in the same sentence and you put them together and then you go, oh, that's a new way of doing things. That's it. It literally is. You know, one of the things I do with a lot of people is just soundboard their ideas and actively lend my creativity to them. So lend my perspective, lend my way of seeing, lend my experience to them to actually say, well, this is what's possible with what you've presented. How do you feel about that? What, what What's going on for you around that? And it always starts with connection. So so I said at the beginning, you know, in Helping You Shine, one of the core things that, that we do is this find, own and share your brilliance. And, and when you come into my world, you, you'll, you'll get the sense of where all the connections come from. And so this is another piece for those of you who are wanting to get more creative. Learning just a little about how things actually fit together can really unleash a lot more around how you then engage with something the more you know about something the more you're able to engage with it and the more you're able, and I'm not saying take it on by the way it might be that you rebel against it 100% and create something that is the antithesis of that because you really don't like it right that's creativity too so just responses and reactions kind of work in that way but the find own and share your brilliance piece comes down to the three stages of Finding your creativity is all about figuring out who am I, what do I want to create in the world, what am I here to do, and who are the people that I want to actually do something for or with. And knowing those things is really all about the connections. So you're connecting to your own sense of purpose, you're connecting to who you be, and you're connecting to your potential audience or clients or the people that you want to influence in some way. So you've got the connect piece. Find own ownership is actually the bit where you're committing to what I love doing and how I love to do it. So it's the product, if you like, that you are creating, whether that is you're great at organizing events and you just love making somebody's experiences come alive. That could be your brand of creativity and visualizing it for you. If I ever met a wedding planner that actually stands back in satisfaction at everybody smiling, that's creativity at work right there. So you can own the process of what I do and how I do it. And that's part of that uniqueness that actually comes out. Many thousands of people knit, but not one jumper is the same, unless it's made by a machine, I guess, but we won't go there. Um, So find, own and share. So finding is about connecting. The owning is about creating your way of doing it. And then sharing it is about the contribution. So what is it about this thing that you want to share? Because here's the deal. Our creativity makes us tap into our passions and our passions makes us tap into our joy. And when we're joyful, we want to share it. And it might not be that we share it with the whole world because the whole world might go, 
I beg your pardon, you love pickles. You love just making different kinds of pickles. How does that work? Like some people are going to think you're mad, but there's a whole group of people who go, oh my God, we love pickles too. And what do you do with yours? You just have to look on Facebook or TikTok and, and just to see the variety that comes out. So find, own and share your brilliance is the way to do it. And if you think you haven't got a brilliance, then come and talk to me because I know you do. Yeah, I was, I was going to say people do, a lot of people talk about purpose. One of the things that I've really connected with over the last 18 months is trying to identify what that is and then working out how to live it, how to use it and how to tap into my own creativity and how to use it. But some people find that difficult. And that's one thing to ask you about. And the second thing is lots of people do know that and then they don't know what to do with it. Okay, so great. those two bits. Let's see. Uh, right. Hang on. I'm scribbling it down just because I don't want to lose it because we're going to go off on one again because you're now in the territory that I love more than anything. Not everybody knows what their purpose is. And that's OK, because some of us and I say us because I'm actually in this boat. I know that my purpose for me, purpose is the thing that drives us. Purpose is the thing that matters to us. I actually <laughs> I got stuck at the airport the other day and a, a beautiful 25 year old. I am not 25. I am about 30 years older than that. She and I got talking and I was about to ask that question that we all ask when we're in new relationship, which is, oh, what do you do? And I thought, I don't care. So I just said to her, like I literally, I caught myself and I just said, hey, what matters to you? And she just looked at me and went, that's such a great question. So for those of us who feel like purpose has been turned into this lofty thing, I must have a purpose and I must go out and I must do this. I think it's become quite a demand. What if it was actually simply about what matters to me? And I remember when I was 24, I was in a um, native wood in the middle of Chile. There were about 17 of us. I was doing an operation rally thing and people were asking a question. And sometimes the wisdom of you just is inside you and you need to make space and time. So I love that you do the meditation every morning. We have to make space and time to listen to ourselves. And sometimes we have the little voice inside of us that definitely isn't us and like is definitely wisdom <laughs> that's coming from somewhere else. And so we make space and time to listen for it. So they asked a question. They said, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And before I could have the thought, the words came out of my mouth. And it's going to sound a bit cliched, but I literally said to make a difference to somebody every day of my life. I was like, oh, OK, well, those are my marching orders. That's interesting. So I'm just going to follow those. Right. And so what if we just chose to follow the simplicity? Purpose is actually really, really simple. I now know that what passions me so Making a difference to someone every day of my life, actually, I can tick that off at the end of a day by the conversations that I've had, et cetera, et cetera. But I then actually went a little bit further and I invite you all to do this and just go, well, why is that? And if you do seven whys and why is that and why is that and why is that and why is that, et cetera, I know that wasn't seven. I got to progress. I, I actually want to help progress be made in the world. I want this world to be the best that it can be. I want every individual to be the best they can be. And that takes honesty, that takes guts, that takes courage. It's in the making of progress, how do I do that? I do that through encouraging. So what matters to me 
is my purpose. My purpose is what matters to me. So for those of you who are struggling with this whole, I must have a purpose, label it neatly in a box. Sometimes it's just a state of being. My job, honestly, is to encourage people and to draw things out of people which is what education is, by the way, to educare is to draw out rather than put in, right? So that's actually my job. Creativity comes from drawing out the thing that you're brilliant at and then allowing you to play with it. So that's, those are my thoughts on purpose. What else did you say? You may have identified your purpose, but then yeah. you're not sure how to use it. How, how do you make it part of your life? Indeed. Um, and by the way, did you all see what I did there? I was okay with like totally forgetting what Nikki actually said, even though I wrote it down. I was like, I'm so in the moment when I'm passionate about what I'm doing. That's creativity for you right there. Now, when somebody then gets a little bit like, oh, I don't know what to do with this thing. The key thing to do is to stop. We've talked about it already a little bit around well, what do I want to do with it? Do I want it to be the all consuming thing? The first thing I would say to you is imagine doing it 24 seven and just notice whether it feels light in the body or whether it feels like <sighs> in the body, because actually light or heavy will give you indications left, right and center about what you feel about something. That's going to help you go, oh, I want to do it as a side hustle or, oh, I want to teach or I want to make or I want to, I want to do it full time because I actually want to escape the situation that I'm currently in. All of these are valid choices. My suggestion is that you feel into it, that you go and do, dare I say it, a, oh, I'm going to share a tool with you. You might not like me for this one. HH, are my initials. There are many tools I use to help people think things through, and they're usually grids or quadrants that resemble an H. So maybe that's a creative thing that I've done out of that. Who knows, right? So with this one, what you want to do is you want to ask yourself the following questions, and they are a little bit tricky. So you go, okay, in the top left box, so imagine you've got a square piece of paper, you've drawn a little cross on it. Top left-hand box, you're going to say, what will happen if I do start my business? In the top right hand box, you're going to say, what will happen if I don't start my business? To bottom left, what won't happen if I start my business? Bottom right, and this is the one you're going to swear at me for, is what won't happen if I don't start my business? What that's going to do is it's going to give you four different perspectives. And perspectives, as I said before, are the thing that bring creativity out because you are responding to or against something. Is it light? Is it heavy? And that's going to help you start to make the decision. If you then decide this is a yes and I want to do it as a side hustle, there are a million things that you don't know about that. If it's a yes and you want to do it as a business, there are a million things you don't know about that. And just admit that and go find some help. Does that answer your question? Yes, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Great. Well, we could both talk for hours, but the podcast is, you know, meant to be a little bit shorter than hours. So I think we've come to the end of a brilliant conversation. I hope we have more of them. Is there a best place for people to find you? You've talked about the things that you could help them with. How do they find yeah. you? Honestly, my name, Helena Holrick, 
there's only one of me. It's quite unique. It's quite fun. So just go and find me. Stick an at in front of it and go to any of the social medias. Helena at helpingyoushine.com will also do the trick. And um, I can then serve as a, I, I always like to think of myself as those buffers on a pinball machine. I'm really good at going, I'm not the person to help you. Let me ping you up here and send you off to wherever you need because I'm a collector and a connector of people. And I think that's one of the best ways that you can start to really harness the creativity. But please get in touch. Tell me what you got out of this. Or even if you do that little grid that I just told you about and you're like, I'm still in confusion. Come to me and let me help you get like do the wood for the trees and I can get you out of confusion. I promise. Perfect. We'll share all of those links in the show notes. And I just want to say once again, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. So welcome. It was a joy. Having known and had the privilege of working with Helena over the last few years, I can vouch for her joining the dots and seeing the wood for the trees super skills, from which I have benefited personally. If you have a creative business or an urge to turn your creative passion into something more and are looking for some support, do check her out via the links. Now, it's creative adventures time. And I promised to share a tip on how to deal with feeling vulnerable when you are sharing your work. Whilst I was writing Pivotal, my first novel, I wanted feedback, but didn't feel I could get anything meaningful back until I had finished writing it. And I'd be waiting a long time. I wanted to know how a reader would feel having finished the whole story and didn't want to give away any spoilers. But I did want to know if my writing was any good. I decided to tackle this by entering my first short story competition. Now, I didn't win, get shortlisted or even longlisted. And feedback is not typically given in general to the entries. But it did give me an opportunity to do two things. First, get used to sharing my work and not hearing back. This is something that happens a lot at various stages of the book writing process. And so it helped me to build my resilience. Second, this shorter story form allowed me to share a complete story with other willing volunteers, friends, family, fellow writers, and get feedback from them. I must admit, I did feel a little bit vulnerable. I wanted them to like it. The last time I'd had feedback from anyone was my O-level English teacher, And it wasn't always a pleasant experience. So my guest, Theo Michaels, has a really good tip about feeling vulnerable. In his episode, he said, be prepared to be vulnerable. It's a big thing to put your creativity out into the world, but ultimately it is worth it. And he is right. I got some positive and constructive feedback, which gave me encouragement and kept me going with the book project. But it also gave me a hunger for more feedback. And I've written quite a few more short stories and entered lots of competitions. It has helped me to build a great support team of readers who are ready and willing to be my guinea pigs. And it's a great way to experiment with different ideas and styles and to hone my skills. And I'm planning to do more this year. And the best bit, I'm now really comfortable with getting feedback. The more constructive, the better. I'll add a link to my conversation with Theo and for the book in the show notes. And if a podcast is a creative adventure that you'd like to begin, check out the links for Alitu, my podcast recording and editing software, and Captivate, my podcast hosting software. 
Do you have a creation that you'd like to share and would like feedback on? Or have you already felt that vulnerability and shared something anyway? Do tell us about your experiences in the Creative Switch community. I'd love to hear about your creative adventures. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Creative Switch. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review over on podchaser.com. And if you've got any questions, please let me know on Instagram at Nikki underscore Valance. Now, are you thinking about going back to university? I do hope you join me next time and my guest, Andrew Sheck, who switched from his successful IT career to becoming a full-time artist, gaining a couple of degrees along the way. And remember, why survive when you can thrive?